and welcome back! Woohoo! We are back and bringing you another episode of Trash or Treasure! The podcast where Kim and Amy bring you spoiler-free reviews, recaps, and maybe recommendations for whatever we read. And in our little hiatus, we have been very busy reading. I have, you less. Well, I've been very busy. And You've I did some busy. reading. You did. You were <laughs> I think that's the best way to describe that's my hiatus. <laughs> what are we reviewing this week? We read The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang, which when I got it on the Kobo, its subtitle is TikTok made me buy this. I don't know what that's about, but I guess it's trending. It's been recommended to us by a lot of people just around yes and, and in passing and some people like some listeners have written in but again like multiple people have written in and said try the kiss quotient and because we read the rosie project uh, this got recommended right. as if you enjoyed the rosie project you potentially would enjoy this too okay so that's how we made our way to the kiss quotient yes which is considered erotica is it erotica? I That's felt like it was sub- romantica. It is. It's Maybe romantic is not a thing. Well, it says erotic, comma, romance. That's yeah, what okay. its label in the library is, as yeah. opposed to just romance. romance. And look, that's a fair label. <laughs> and just, as that- a, just as a trigger warning for everyone, that's a really fair description of, of the book. Mm-hmm. And on that note, would you like to give the spoiler-free recap, Kimberly? Yeah, certainly. So, spoiler-free recap. Amy. Can you tell us when it was set? I can. It's contemporary, Kimberly. <gasps> and I can also tell you that it's set in San Francisco. <gasps> I did actually remember both of those things because you didn't have to remember an actual year. You just had to be <laughs> like, it's set kind of now. And our main character is Stella Lane. Yes. And she is in her 30s, maybe. Early 30s. Early 30s. She is mega massively successful. She works as a computer analyst kind of algorithm designer that they, helps people market their products online. She she calls it econometric, so it's yes. like the maths component of economics, and yep. she's very, very successful. And you describe her as, I guess, a workaholic, wouldn't you? She's always 100%. at work. 100%. She's a total workaholic. and her, But in a way where she's like, my work defines me, and it and it fulfills me, and that's I really all love I my job. I love my job. And I really actually liked, I think this isn't a spoiler, but I did like that that kind of maintained, she maintained that for the whole thing. Yes. So it's a big part of who she is. Yeah. Her job is a big part of who she is. She doesn't enjoy social situations. She is on the autism spectrum. Yeah. And She doesn't of, like people knowing that. No. She thinks it'll make people think less of her or think about her differently. So she prefers not to make that a thing that people know. But as kind of a result of that, she has trouble maintaining relationships, but mostly and in a really like kind of the key thing that is a problem for her is she doesn't enjoy sex. Yeah. Any kind of physical intimacy she finds really uncomfortable, like physically uncomfortable. Yeah, so she finds kissing is really bleh, disgusting. For her. She doesn't like being touched without no. a lot of warning, but she also like she – doesn't like things that disturb her routine or yeah. put her sort of outside what she's comfortable with yeah. control. And yeah. even like the clothes she wears, she's really pedantic. I really about... liked how much discussion there was of French seams. Yeah. Amy Listeners that. loved that. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, they uh, are very I... comfortable. Yeah, when I <laughs> and there was some textile yeah. talk in the book yeah. as well. Nice. <laughs> a nice addition. It's, it's even like the act of being physically intimate. Intimate has like just. 
is not her bag on about a million levels. Mm. It's kind of starts, it's triggered by a co-worker of hers. One, her mum is kind of like, when are you going to have children and marry and her, be a normal Well, the person. opening chapter is her mum says, I would like grandchildren. Yes. When are you going to make that happen? Yeah. And her one of her colleagues or co-workers who is always off kind of having sex with whatever's moving in that kind of male... <laughs> you know, stereotypical corporate corporate kind of way. And he kind of basically is like, the reason men don't want to have sex with you is because you're bad at it. And if you were better at it, maybe someone would marry you. Essentially, that's what he says. And she's like, huh, well, logically speaking, maybe I am bad at it. Like, I've only done it a handful of times and I don't like it and I'm supposed to like it. Like, other people seem to like it. So maybe I'm bad at it. And so she decides what she actually needs is a sex tutor. (laughs) Yep. Hence, it is erotica. End of chapter one. Yeah. What does Stella do? So she decides to hire a male escort and essentially propose to him that they should frequently catch up or catch up once a week over a period of time so that he can teach her how to be good at sex. And the person she ends up contacting is called Michael Lang. No, Fan. Fan. Michael Fan, who is Vietnamese. His mum is Vietnamese. His dad is Swedish. So he is acting as an escort for the time being because of money things that come up later and it's probably kind of a spoiler, so I won't go into it. And he has this hard and fast rule that he will only ever do one-off client meetings. So like as in if you go out on a date with him and obviously do the sex that goes with the escorting, that's it. He will never – he never rebooks basically. And so when she is kind of like, I would like you to rebook – He's like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to do that kind of thing. But basically due to massive mutual kind of instantaneous attraction, they – because they're both kind of at a point where no one enjoys sex. So that's kind of where the book kind of starts at the core of it. But they also get each other. Totally. But in the first instance, it's about attraction because Mm. it has to be. You've met – they're Some sitting guy. at a dinner table. Exactly. <laughs> so she isn't enjoying it. He's not enjoying it anymore either because he's kind of been reduced to being paid for it, which he doesn't feel great about. And, yeah, so they it kind of just progresses from there. They come up with a, this kind of idea or scheme where she's going to pay him a substantial amount of money because it's something she just has a lot of, and he's going to teach her to be good at relationships. at relationships. So it's not just about sex. She wants to be good at the relationship part of it too. To be honest, it's very – so I will, and I'm not in a spoilery way, but certainly in a – if you're a person listening to this who's like, that sounds like a nice premise and I'd love to read about how, you know, how she kind of finds someone who can help her grow in the way she's looking to grow and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know if I want to read an erotic novel. Like, it totally is far more sex than your average romance novel. And well, I mean, some of them that we've reviewed, we've been like, hmm, this would have been better if there'd been a lot less sex in this novel, yeah, a lot a more, more story. Uh, <laughs> they weren't erotica. No. <laughs> well, things don't tend to be. Once you set them in Regency, they're like, oh, it's just a bodice ripper. <laughs> A lot of bodice rippers. use a lot more metaphors. Yeah, that's true. That is true. This book doesn't use... It does not use metaphors. But that's what we found is probably the main difference if you haven't read a significant amount of erotica, which we haven't. We've read a couple of it just to sort of know what the heck is happening here, like what's the difference in the genres. Absolutely. Is that so in the traditional trashy romance novel, Mm. there's a lot of sort of metaphorical description of private parts and things like that. Whereas in an erotic novel, they always call it a word beginning with a C. And ending in (laughs) arc. 
So the words are more, uh, I guess, just explicit. They're just more blatant. Yeah. yeah. They don't just start having sex after their first encounter and then just continue having a lot of sex that is described in agonizing detail. Like some. At every turn. Well, remember that bad, B-A-D, oh, God, agency so series we read? Was, that was like... It was B-A-D, just bad. <laughs> anyway, this is getting off track. This is the world's longest spoiler-free recap. We're out of practice. What I'm saying is the sex, while more explicit in the nature of being an erotic novel, yeah. I didn't think there was necessarily substantially more of it than in other books we've read. No, it was just the way it was described was a yeah. bit different. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I wrote that down as a note. Yeah. Like, okay. So, yes, I'm just, I think that's an important thing to know in terms of the recap because I always feel like the recap part of it is like, would you get into this kind of story? Mm. And if you feel like maybe the erotica is the thing that's making you be like, maybe no, you probably would still be able to manage it. But it's not a clean romance novel. No. <laughs> No, not at all. Mm-mm. So you know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to call that my spoiler-free recap. Which if means... I was doing that, you'd be like, Amy, hurry up and skip to the end. Well, it's a lot of detail. But I feel like I didn't need to skip to the end because really it all sets it up in the first two chapters and after that it's like go forth and really, do your Yeah, thing. the first two chapters tell you what it is. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think of the kiss quotient and would you recommend it? Yes, I, I really enjoyed it. And I would recommend it. I didn't enjoy the first few chapters. Mm. And the first chapter, I was like, when she, so she has this like conversation with her parents and she doesn't, she just pretty much does what they tell her. And then she, at the end of that chapter is like, I'm a bad person because I don't like sex. And then at the end of that chapter, she's hired an ex an escort. I was like, what the heck? To solve a problem that is her problem because obviously she's the problem. She's the problem. And everyone just tells her she's the problem and she's like, well, I probably am. I I am the common denominator. Really not on board at that point. So really interestingly, and I I know this will kind of be semi-combined because otherwise we have to come back over this same territory when I do my thoughts. When I was reading this book, you did it as one an audio book. One of the reasons I started this one first when I did, because it was the first one I read when we went on hiatus, was it was there was the audiobook available at the library, mm. and so I was like, great. <laughs> the only reason I made it to chapter three at all Mm. was because I couldn't turn it off. So I remember distinctly I was doing my commute and that's why I love an audiobook because I do like daycare drop-off and then I commute into work. So the bit you're talking about where her parents were like, oh, why can't you just be proper and you're just so not good enough? And then that horrendous conversation with her co-worker where he's like half hitting on her, half pitying her, like just, oh, let's like... As if anyone at work ever has the right to talk to you about how many sexual partners you've had. As if that's anyone's business and as if it says anything about you as a person, what that number is. Oh, my gosh. I was so out on this book. I was done with it. Then it went on to the next chapter because I couldn't turn it off. So chapter one. Yeah. When all that happened, that's I was first done. I was like, I don't know how much further I'm going to be able to get into yeah. this book if that's the tone it's going to be. I couldn't. I was like, I'm done. This is horrendous. She is being treated awfully. I do not participate in these books where the protagonist then, like, swallows it all. I'm like, no, no, no. And if her objective is just, I'm bad at sex, I'm a terrible person, I, really I need, need to someone get better to at teach sex. me so no, that I can please I a man. Be, I can't be So that I can have a baby story. so I can please my mom. Like, uh, no, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, 
Clearly not. The start of chapter two is him and then they meet. So she kind of books him at the end of chapter one or he starts looking at the end of chapter one. And then chapter two, yeah, we know a bit more about him and then they meet. And I think... I can't remember where that falls then, their first date, where that falls within the chapters. But I think on my commute that first morning, I got to kind of the end or a partway into their first date where she'd like booked a room and was he was really nice. And But they actually don't sleep together. But, they, but that actually mattered to me yeah. because... Because she was not, they don't wasn't sleep okay. together. She didn't want for to have sex with him. Two thirds of the book. That's my the, point. Yeah. I actually think that's important for people to know. Like, a spoiler or not, I don't think when they have sex is a spoiler. But but the fact that they don't have sex so, on that first on that first date was actually what got me back into the book. Does that I make can, sense? Yes. Yeah, well, for me as well, because I was like, okay, there's respectfulness in yes, this and, and it, I can and it handle hinted that. that the book was actually going to be about the fact that what has been missing from her life all the way up to this point isn't sex <laughs> or a boyfriend it was someone a friend or a lover or whatever someone who saw her and loved her for exactly who she was yes that it wasn't about her being broken it was about her maybe not fitting into the expectations or mold that everybody thought she should fit into but that actually was their problem it wasn't her problem Mm. it was about them trying to shove her in a box that was not for her not about her not fitting the box yeah and I once once it kind of hinted that that what was what it was going to be about, and he even gets kind of like angry at the little hints and stuff that people have been forcing her to do things that she didn't really want to do. And that's in that first meeting, yeah, like, yeah. So that all happens in the first three chapters, and that is the only if that if it hadn't gone that quickly, like if we had stayed in chapter one and two's kind of space for longer, I couldn't have done the book. So. Yeah, it kind of it sets up her horrible life as it kind of sat and how not horrible that makes it sound worse. than Well, it is, I but... thought it was going to be like that sports romance we read, me too, where she just She's accepted that yeah. she was a problem for the whole thing. Yeah, I couldn't and, have read that, and that her sort of goal would be to you know try and get the approval of her parents by doing what they wanted, and yeah. she was the thing that was lacking. But because it took me like fifteen minutes. And we were at this point where this other they met very quickly and Yes. He... Like I said, one commute with the audiobook. By the time I got into work, I had got to the end of that first So the end of the first date, what I would say to you listeners is if you get to the end of the first date and you're like, no, I'm still not okay, like this isn't my bag, feel free to cut it because that's by the end of the first date you kinda can see what the book's gonna be. And you can see um, who they're gonna be as people. Yeah, and how, go on how what, and with. you can totally see what their journey is gonna be too, for the most part. If you get to the end of chapter one and you're like, Whoa, I cannot believe the girls recommended that I read this push through to the end of kind of chapter That's two, what you said three. to We didn't say I recommend it. You just said you're going to find the first two chapters. I beginning. did. I was like the beginning. The beginning I was like it's work. almost like a couple of different books. Like you really just need to get through that first bit because it does pay off later on. Yeah. And I do think it paid off because mm. I I liked them both as mm. people and their journey in the, I was going to say the film, in the story was becoming stronger people mm-hmm. within themselves. Yeah. And that was helped by their relationship with each other, but they grew as characters yeah. and we always like that. And so I was at the end I was happy with the narrative I'd been on. Yeah. It's not to say like it there's so many clichés, but that's just the genre. Like yeah. you know exactly, you know the rhythms of the story and you know exactly that oh no, they're going to this thing. Yeah. Something's going to happen. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. But it's and also And there's a lot of like and 
just by coincidence. Dun, and you're dun, like, dun. Oh, of course, that's the coincidence. But it is Pretty Woman. Yeah. S- sort in of flipped. Just in- gender, f- well, kind of. Ish, but without of. the sort of level of creepiness that I find, I find Pretty Woman uncomfortable. That's because, that's because Richard Gere isn't vulnerable. Whereas she is. They both She's are She's in the quite, Richard Gere position. Yeah, they are both quite vulnerable characters, which yeah. meant they came to each other on kind of even footing a little bit. Do you, like, do you know what I mean? In One wasn't in a – like, she might have hired him, but she wasn't actually in a position of power. No. And that was made for a much, much, much better story. It also was very – Interesting in terms of contemporary romance, which yeah. we all know I don't really like. They no, tend so we to haven't, be very we haven't dove, we haven't dived deep. White American yes. middle class yes. or lonely and long reach was white Australian middle class, yeah. and this was quite fun having that mm. different sort of cultural perspective and, and cultural was, lens in it. And it was even more so because she has learned, she kind of has educated herself to kind of compensate for, well, basically learn the way society expects her to behave, right, mm. because it doesn't come naturally to her to kind of read those social cues or whatever. So to put her then in a situation where it's a completely different culture, she is not able to transition as easily in and out of those situations. Like that takes, that then creates tension. It creates dramatic tension. So that was, you know, narratively that added, apart from like just interest in terms of reading about another culture, narratively it was But it it provided different points at which conflict could occur in ways that sort of operated outside the cliches that we expect in romance novels. And I thought that made it quite an interesting read. I think we have overlapped a lot though. So do you recommend it? No, yeah, I totally recommend it. <laughs> there was one other thing I was going to mention that I was like, oh, I could just We haven't in covered here. already and I'll jump in. The only thing I would add to yeah. that is when, because I obviously, as we've said already in this episode, I read this book first. Yeah. Then you were like, do, are we doing this? Are you, have you read it? Do you like it? What do you think? And I was like, get through the first couple of chapters and then it is okay and you'll enjoy it. And you then <laughs> texted me back. Halfway through, obviously, those first two chapters. Or I think three did I send chapters. you a screenshot or something? No, sometimes you sent I take some a screenshot kind of, yeah. of the of sentence in the book, and yeah. I'm like, ah, what ah, the heck? What is going on? Uh, I think it was an emoji of some kind. But you just said, "So this is erotica." Full stop. And I was like, "Is it?" And then you were like, "Yes." I'm barely like two chapters in, and I can tell it like it's obviously erotica. As soon as you said that, I thought back over the book and I was like, of course it's erotica. Yeah, I get that, that it was much more much more kind of to the point and direct in the way that it talked about its sex scenes. And yep. there was also There's a, a lot of love banter. A lot of love so banter. So much love banter. Very descriptive oh, love banter. Do you like love. when I do this? What do you but want me to do? Ask me with your words. Add the description of Blah. the words in there. Blah. I don't need love banter. <laughs> it's not a love banter. Listen to our uh, episode on Bombshell mm. by uh, Sarah McLean. Horses for courses. <laughs> but on this horse's course, there's no love banter. Anyway, so I it was interesting because after when you started it, I had finished it. Yeah. So after I had finished it, the copious amount of very graphic sex was not my takeaway. So in the other erotica novels we have read in the past, the plot 
was non-existent yeah, and it was yeah. just the plot was a device to allow lots of sex to happen and mostly what we remember uh, was that the book with the oh, change room exactly sex scene? exactly yeah. and when you try and when you talk about like characters and plot points i i don't remember but when i go oh change room sex you're like oh, oh yeah that, that book but when i finished this book the thing that i loved about it and i really did enjoy it was that they were friends and they formed this really beautiful friendship that allowed them to support each other but it wasn't just like they were fully formed characters and it was a fully formed narrative arc. You take the characters Jen... away from it and yes. and the supporting characters as well. There were some yeah. really nice supporting character moments like within his family. Absolutely. And her family was a bit absent. N- a bit absent, but that was okay. But that was but that was also that part was sort of, of the narrative role. that she was kind of isolated. That yeah. she that no one got her or yeah. paid attention or whatever. So I really enjoyed the characters and their their arc and it just also so happened to have quite a lot of very graphic sexy sexness in it. It was very, mm, a lot. It's the first one that I listened primarily all the way through as an audiobook. I the problem, refused to even try, go near the audiobook, which is why it took me so long to guess it was on, like, endless yeah. hold from the library. And this morning, I finished it this morning, woke up this morning, blocked out some time to finish it, yeah. notification, your loan has expired. Went into the library, someone else has borrowed it out, yep. it's gone into the, couldn't get it until... Mid July, yeah. So I was like, "All right, purchasing it." <laughs> you bought it, <laughs> I there you know, go. because I was like, "I can't listen to the audiobook." The at audiobook, this juncture of the novel, yeah, probably. But the audiobook, even for all the sexiness, all I will say, I is, just don't want anyone reading that out to me. Thank you very much. Fair enough, and I very deeply agree with that <laughs> in ninety nine million percent of the time. Do you know what worked for me? Why this worked I'm for me as an audiobook? I'm very interested in hearing why. How? How? Why it was tolerable as okay. an audiobook. One, I was actually more, far more engaged with the characters, so the sex stuff just kind of also happened. Yeah. But it's read from her perspective, so it's the whole thing is read. I don't think it's not first person because we jump between no, 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 him no, and it's her third the whole person way through. And we get both of their but voices. But it is. But the actress who reads it. Reads him playing, as well. She reads him as well, yeah. but she's obviously been hired because she is really effective at reading her. Mm. The way she does her is so awesome and spot on that, yeah, I just, like particularly sex scenes that were told more from her perspective were kind of hilariously clinical in the way that they were described ah, when read aloud. Okay. And not embarrassed, that's the wrong, but kind of because obviously she enjoys sex with him, not a spoiler, otherwise they couldn't be together. But it's all very much like, oh, and oh, that that's quite nice. Oh, yes, good. So the parts where I would have been like, oh, good, I can't, if you're going to be seductively reading this to me, like, you want me to be right there with you. I couldn't have done it. And some other like other romance novels that I've read that have gone with a sultry kind of this kind of voice. I'm like, no, nope, no thank you. Do not require that in my ears while I'm making dinner. <laughs> Actually don't need that while I'm making dinner. Thanks very much. But she was so kind of to the point and direct and and blunt and it just it really worked it was quite funny not laugh out loud funny but as in it just really it was immersive i really enjoyed the audiobook component of it it was i will say one of the only audiobooks that i've read so far because it was so blatant and so graphic i had to wear i had to headphones it whereas normally i my audiobooks just play on my speaker wherever i am in the house but yeah with little ears running around 
that's my only thing I would say is put your headphones on, friends. So for our international listeners, because we have come up against this previously, that in different parts of the world, different releases happen and different audiobooks exist. So this one, the one I read, Amy looked it up. Who who read it? Carly Robbins, and it's published by Dreamscape Media. I really liked her. She did a great job playing Stella. So overall, trash or treasure? I own it, so you <laughs> can reread it if you want to. I think treasure. I like again. I don't know because I'd never read it at all until I think know, it a might be ago. a contemporary romance like Beach Read that I will read. I'm not going to avidly like, reread it every no. like year, but I'll definitely. But at when some I point feel like a, when I feel like a contemporary romance with some solid characters where they're good friends and that kind of jazz, yeah, I think I would definitely. Go no, it back doesn't have any it. icky bits in it where you're like well, it addresses the icky. It does. It addresses. It the addresses icky. the icky. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It really does. All right, that's it. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome back to all of you as well. We will be back again next week with another episode. A shorter episode. Yes, we will. We will get back into the swing of things, I promise, and bring you more spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and recommendations in a concise fashion. And until then, happy reading! And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.